new self-titled album including the tracks Bittersweet Paper Thin and Can't Fight Leanne Le Havas the self-titled album available now on vinyl CD and all digital platforms Welcome to Hooked, the podcast where we give you all of the plot hooks that you could ever possibly want. I'm your host, NC Weber, and here with me today to give you some plot hooks are my trusted co-hosts... Tully Grimley. The powerful Darcy Jones. Is that different to the regular Darcy Jones? Yeah, I'm feeling powerful today. (laughs) Oh, I'm not sure that that bodes well. (laughs) And also back for a third time is special guest... Uh, it's me, it's Jack, it's the guy who isn't as powerful as Darcy Jones. Oh, my power is so unrivaled it's at this table. How powerful are you? Oh, I'm so powerful. Rip a phone book in half. Ah, oh, give me a phone book. Hang on, hang on. Oh, there it is. Oh, it got all the way to the Zeds. It, it's really, really quite a, a shame that this is an audio medium because that was a, a feat to be uh, impressed with. That's I think the we should take that to the... He's the manliest of the While table. we kick off, I'm going to eat the start of the phone book. Well, but Darcy, you need to give us a getting to know you question. A getting to know you? Yeah. Getting to know... All about you. All about you. Uh, hmm. Okay. Uh, hmm. <laughs> I'm really I'm use, drowning here. Use that power. Okay, okay. The, I've got one. You were so okay. powerful, and now I'm not. I'll get it back. Don't I've worry. I've stolen Darcy's power here. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. When have you drastically misread the situation in in game? Oh God. Mm, here we go. I don't think I have. I play. I usually play the kind of character that has contingencies upon contingencies. So if if I have misread the situation, I've definitely got a contingency for if I have misread the situation, and I just do a total about face. My favorite one of these was when I was undercover, and I had formed a feud with a, a, a nobleman to kind of like get information from him like in the argument and then as soon as the time came to dispose of him uh it was like i i just did a 180 and was like no 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 i've been flirting with you this whole time do you not want to have sex with me and he's like oh uh yeah i guess (laughs) and so we go to his house and and murder um yeah, but the <laughs> yeah, contingencies upon contingencies okay. is how I usually play social interactions. I'd say my uh, biggest misreading of a situation was my early games, and now like going right back to when I first started playing the game. I remember that I, I you know, I was a little bit too cool for school, and I didn't want to look like I was taking notes because I was like, whatever. I don't even know if I like this game yet. <laughs> this could be super lame. And then because of that, my uh, DM was setting up all these different places and items and locations. And I was playing kind of like a barbarian-y guy with a hammer in Rome. Uh, and I, I was just being uh, kind of, uh, you know, led to different locations where people would be like, so tell me, did you bring news of the other area? And I'd say, I don't, shut up. <laughs> and then smash something with a hammer and be like, you 
you shut up. All right, and off to the next encounter. So not reading the situation, I think, is the ultimate. <laughs> the ultimate <laughs> just reading. Reading. Choosing not to. <laughs> Since then, I've reformed and I take notes when I play. I'm a mm. good player now. Excellent. Good boy. Uh, I would say my misreading of a situation would probably be as a DM, I would set up a game and would totally misread the intentions of the players at the table. You're like, dude, they're going to love this. I've put in like investigations. I've put in all these little hints that they're going to pick up on and they're going to go, man, that was such a good mystery. But nah, they just like, they just don't. They just don't do that at all. Ever. Ever. Not even once. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, you you have to like wait for their shenanigans to just somehow coincide. just coincide with the investigation <laughs> you have going. Like, yes, got to hit him over the guy is brick. a dick, and yeah. you should follow up that thread. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> the person you indiscriminately killed was the bad guy. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> you won D and D. Oh, jeez. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> no, I, I recently had a player um, in an un- underwater one shot, and um, there was a, a Sahuagin. I don't oh, know how, how quite uh, to pronounce it. How did he? Sahuagin? Sahuagin? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Something. But it was. The right, Cthulhu boys. It was riding a giant shark. <laughs> uh, no, they're the mind flares. Like they're these guys are fish people. No, no, no. So they're the ones that worship the Cthulhu things. They're the ones uh, that yeah, all yeah, the yeah. townspeople in, in Lovecraft's. Books are turning into these half fish, half man people with the oh. gills and the faces and the weird eyes. What are they called again? Oh, you're, are the you, Shawards. No, that's that's, that's, that's Kuatoa. Yeah, you're thinking of Kuatoa. Oh, yes, yes, I am. I know, I, I know what you're talking Kuwatoa. about. Yeah. I just, I think they're just more like mer people, but aren't the mer people There's, in the book. They kind of look like the creature from the Black Lagoon, but without all the algae. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah. That's how they kind of. Yes. Yeah, um, but it was riding a giant shark which are 30 feet long by the way Jesus yes very big they are called a giant shark and sharks are big to begin with but um no one of my players cast animal friendship on it and while Sahuagin have the ability to um command sharks just as a as a free action um I was giving you know the shark disadvantage on attacks against its friends one of my players, um, who was a different race to the rest of them, decided to come up and attack the shark. Mm. Now, um, bold. Yeah, very bold. Now, I'll remind you that sharks have blood sense, which means as soon as a character's drawn, drawn blood, uh, they, the shark has advantage on attacks against them. Oof. And while this battle is raging on between these creatures and my party, this one player just keeps attacking the shark. And so... I. Desperately not wanting to waste yeah. my uh, very thoughtful cleric's um, speak with animal uh, um, animal friendship spell. Yeah, I ruled that the charm effect was only if only making it friends with the um, the Lockathar <laughs> and not with this one sea elf that keeps attacking it. And it nom, nearly killed nom, him. Nom. Yeah, <laughs> he he did get he did pass out at one point and was healed and then kept attacking the shark. And only very bad rolls stood between. Players, players never back <laughs> down, ever. All right. Well, let's get into the episode proper. So what we do here is we create some plot hooks for you to include in your game by taking inspiration from a Magic the Gathering card, a random Magic the Gathering card, and a random word. So the Magic the Gathering card that we have chosen this week is called Tarashi's Cry. Uh, it's a sorcery, and does anyone want to 
explain what is on the card because it's a weird one. It is a very weird one. So to set the scene, you've got what appears to be a a pine forest with uh, some temples, uh, Japanese-style temples with Mm. the the terraced roofs. Pagodas. Yeah, pagodas. That's the one. Um, And then shambling above or through this forest is an enormous creature four or five times the height of the tallest tree uh, that it seems kind to be of like made a, of a bug cross insect yeah yeah it's like it's got some giant protrusion yeah like it looks kind sack. of like a sentient crown of thorns coral yeah those ones yeah yeah um, with this giant orb of light coming out of it it seems to be opening a mouth orb. of sorts I would say sack sack yeah sack would would do. Um, it's opening its what appears to be a very toothy mouth and letting out this beam of light. And around it are these floating purple crystals, kind of like the the crystal of of life from the dark crystal. Oh, yeah, yes. I, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. See, again, you say crystals. I view those as like floating sacks that yeah. are uh, attached I'm by of, tubules. I'm kind of getting like an anglerfish vibe. Yeah, like they're Actually, kind of like. Floating. Now, now that I inspect it closer, there's actually one of these sort of tendrils, almost arm maybe, that is hanging from the back over the front, and there is a lantern hanging from it. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, anglerfish is a good description. <laughs> it's a, it's it's a it's an interesting one. Uh, it's kind of alieny, kind of yeah, yeah, if yeah. very very Lovecraftian almost. We've mm. been throwing around a lot of words here. Best way to look at it is just look up Tarashi's Cry yeah, Magic Gathering card. It'll be card. in the show notes. Yeah. So um, you can look that scroll up. Scroll down. It's <laughs> it's lovely and horrifying. So it is, the ability, it just lets you tap up to three target creatures. So basically you can force three creatures to be engaged uh, without actually dealing any damage. So, um, And the random word that goes along with this card is Vessel. Vessel, huh? Vessel. So we're going to be creating some plot hooks for you in the form of magic tricks. We'll present you the seed of the idea. That is the pledge. Then we'll go around and we will turn that. And that will mean giving it a bit more of a description, a bit more fleshing out of the idea. And then finally the prestige, which is how we include that in your game and uh, how we get your players involved with our hook. So who would like to go first? I've got one. Ooh, okay. Here we go. Can't wait. Feel so like powerful. My, mm, ooh, <laughs> powerful ooh, idea. It's an idea in my brain. Um, so mine is a secret group. Um, my idea is uh, you stumble across uh, uh, some, some sort of... Okay, so let's say you're walking through the woods at night in a, more of an eastern setting, and you see these what appear to be lanterns floating up out of the trees and into the night sky. Um, as you get closer and... Uh, burst through the brush to see what's going on here. Perhaps it's some sort of, you know, ceremony or what have you. You notice uh, hooded figures. You hear the sound of what sounds like mandibles clicking together as they. Um, okay, that sound that you just made. Yeah. If I was to hear that, yeah. I wouldn't immediately think mandibles. What do you think? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I'm. Yeah, I is that mandibles? Uh, can I get some more? Can we stop with all of this oh, sound? It's mandibles all around me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you hear that, uh, and you can 
think what that is. In my <laughs> mind, that's mandibles. Um, and you see these hooded figures, uh, which are doing exactly that. They seem to be sending these lanterns up and into the night sky. Uh, but as you get closer, or if you try to interrupt their ceremony, uh, a blinding flash of light uh, erupts from the area, and the meadow is cleared. <gasps> Where'd they go? <laughs> Only the okay. floating lights. Uh, so, so the floating lights are still there, but the people the, are gone. The floating lights are heading up and into the night sky. Okay, okay. So that's your secret group, the lanterns. Yeah. Okay, who has uh, another one? Uh, I'm going to jump in on this one. I've got Creature, and uh, this is a very odd creature uh, to, to try and derive inspiration <laughs> from. But what I'm going to try and do is uh, it does look like it's got some kind of giant bulbous sack of what looks like air. So I like the idea that there's some creatures getting around that uh, they, they contain this giant bulbous sack and maybe they're poisonous or I like to I like to imagine that they let loose some like toxic gas so maybe they dwell in swamps and bogs mm-hmm. uh, places like that and uh, I think that this giant sack of air on their backs maybe uh, can be punctured uh, and that could be a way to either defeat them or turn them into missiles missiles like imagine the amount of air inside the right, creature so like you puncture that missiles. yeah 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 shoots the the creature so in a way the creature can be dangerous to you but also you can use it to be dangerous to other people because if you stab it on the side that's facing you oh yeah it's gonna fly <laughs> it's gonna be a gas in the mask direction yeah it's gonna <laughs> hold just hold your breath when you do it you'll be fine <laughs> little little gross fun fact when they find whales that have washed up on the shore oh, yeah it's actually the job of um there's a specific job which is to go and cut the whale's stomach open because yeah, so the gas that it doesn't it, it erupts at such a speed that it can kill you yeah mm. yeah people go flying back i've yep. seen this in videos have you seen the video of them blowing up a whale carcass and bits of whale being spread for miles around <sighs> haven't insane. seen but i've heard of it they overestimated the amount of dynamite it would take <laughs> yes uh okay so we have the the bog creature balloon animal i'm gonna i'm gonna call it the uh this is such a gross name i'm gonna call it the <laughs> okay <laughs> oh, i don't want to say it just do I'm it i'm gonna do call it, it the uh the, it. The, the swamp sack oh swamp sack love it that is gross okay <laughs> yeah Beautiful. Um, well, I'm actually going to go with an ability. Um, so I do. I do love my my beastly transformations. I'm a big fan of these irreparable changes to a character. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who isn't? Yeah, right. <laughs> Give me consequences. Love it. So this is this is something that you come across uh, in a forest. And you see what what appear to be wisps, are these dancing lights that kind of gather around in a ring. And if you interact with them, they'll gather around you, just sort of float. Fun or, dance times. Yeah, fun dance times, almost like a like a halo um, around around your head. This is just these lights that would slowly dance. And while it's distressing that they've chosen somebody, it doesn't seem to hurt. Doesn't seem to do anything at all. Um, but the longer that these are there, something appears to crystallize, both on the lights, but also on you. This crown of thorns starts building. Dislike that. Okay, so you're in the forest, you interact with these 
Wisps. Will of the Wisps that aren't canonical Will of the Wisps. No. And they're not made of fire. And they or spirits. They're kind of, of gifting you this crown of thorns. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's just go back around again. Yeah. So let's start with uh, let's just start with Darcy. Um. So mine. I've got a. I've got a. I got a wide bunch of, of reveals in this second little part here. Oof. The first part is that over the next night, uh, these lanterns that are not only uh, are leaving from this one area of the forest, but multiple areas in the surrounding um, town, county, whatever, yeah. uh, are all floating up to form what appears to be a second moon. <gasps> no, I won't have it. One moon or no moon. <laughs> one moon. That's far too many. Um, so you investigate, you, you throw back the robes of these... Um, these secret society members to find they're like human, but with terrifying uh, bits of insect in their flesh. Maybe it's an antenna coming out, uh, more eyes than regular, uh, a third arm sticking out from beneath the robe. So uh, like monstrous amalgamations of human, human and, and insect. insect. Yeah. On a um, side note, we need a playable insect race. Go yeah, on, bring on the but, fright cream. Continuing so on, um, keeping with the Eastern uh, theme. <laughs> <laughs> Gnomes? Gnomes are insects now? <laughs> Gnomes are insects, apparently. I just free flavor them. <laughs> <laughs> creepy, creepy little... Anyway, um, uh, continuing with the Eastern theme, uh, I like the idea of the a lot of the attacks and abilities of these uh, creatures, if they're hooded, to be like uh, in the way that a ninja moves through shadow, uh, yeah. these characters move in the light. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's about disrupting your sight, uh, burning you with lights. And, and blinding you. And, blinding and yeah. abilities, yeah. Um, those are their talents. Uh, yeah, but what is their purpose? To be revealed. Okay, so you've got multiple groups of these insect-like creatures mm-hmm. that are releasing these balloons of light mm. up and they can disappear in a blinding flash of light. Yeah, they think of it like a flashback. So, yeah, so they're, they're literally blinding you and running away. Yes. Okay. Uh, so I kind of want to know more about the environment in which this is happening. Is this happening like continent-wide or in one region or surrounding a city? I think or it just in a remote forest that you happen to be going through? I think that there's a potential for any uh, different size as when I do my reveal, I understand why. But um, I think that for me, I'd like to do it in uh, surrounding a city. Uh, the okay. idea is that there are people that are aware of this cult uh, but it could be going on in the background. It doesn't need to be dealt with straight away. But the larger that that moon gets, mm. the more people say, we got to do something about these okay. yeah, cultists. Yeah. This is getting weird. Just, they, uh, and just because it's weird? Have they, well, yeah, have they mean, actively <laughs> been like hurting anyone yet? Yeah, and that's, I think that's another reveal. I haven't decided how they're getting these orbs of light that are being sent up. I was thinking the soul of humans would be good mm. or... Um, or uh, I, th- I think that sacrifice is, is the most immediate to pull people in, mm. uh, draining the actual soul out of people and leaving the body. Or, or even if they drain the soul and then the, the body that remains becomes uh, insectoid. Um, and kind of becomes another follower. Yeah, transforms into yeah. these insects. And, the and soul so they're kind of releasing their own soul into the sky. Yes, to join the moon. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Uh, my idea. Okay. The swamp sacks. Actually, we need a name. Oh, uh, (laughs) Curse of the Chrysalis. Chrysalis? Chrysalis. Whatever it is. Curse of the Buzzy Boys. We'll stick with Chrysalis. Okay, Chrysalis. I just thought you said Chrysalis for a reason. I don't know. As in one who makes a Chrysalis. No, 
I'm gonna give you <laughs> <laughs> no. Hate no. it. New Hate character class, the chrysalis. Get my idea. Okay, well let's go on to Jack with his swamp sacks. <laughs> uh, swamp sacks. That's such a show us your swamp sack. <laughs> yeah, show us. G'day boys, how you doing? <laughs> no, but uh okay, so thinking about these creatures and uh, you know, thinking kind of in a how do they even work? What's their ecological niche, I think is the the, mm-hmm. the word to use there. Is I like the idea that these they're insects, right? Much like uh Darcy's idea. These ones, you know, they've got this giant sack of the gas on their back. In the same way that bees collect pollen, I think these things collect the natural gases that come out of uh, bogs right. and swamps yeah, yeah, yeah. and whatnot. So methane. Sulfur. Yeah, yeah. So, so they fill themselves up with these kind of these noxious gases, and then they take that gas back to their hive, where they are trying to blow up the queen, basically a gigantic one who is just filled with this uh with this noxious gas and that's that's my kind of expanded idea and it'll be very <laughs> fun to see yeah, so, so that's that's the ecosystem that these yeah. things exist in yeah now i think the interesting thing about these things is if they are living on this swamp gas that also makes them very flammable yes mm-hmm. uh so that that is something that your players will definitely mm-hmm. find out yes um because fire so uh, my question is if they might be flammable but does that hurt them i think so okay so you're not going to send flaming beasties at your players is what you're saying you're going to be nice well no here's my idea right if the players use fire against these things yeah it's going to kill them but it's going to kill a hell of a lot more than just them these things they're they're powder kegs they're filled with basically explosives see i think if you've got like a hive society you could have like a couple different classes of yeah, these bugs yeah some will like if you if you flame them they'll just explode and yeah. hurt you i think maybe the next step up is if you use flame they'll just direct themselves towards you and release the gas in your the flaming gas in Ooh, your wouldn't direction that, wouldn't that be so if you've got guys if you have a trigger happy uh yeah. warlock <laughs> yes. or, or wizard send these bad boys at him please it's like yeah. a rust monster for uh, warriors i was going <laughs> to say from an industrial point of view if you want to have uh, oh. people in the area using them say you're in a mine and you're trying to look for gas veins when you're down there instead of carrying the canary down Set one of these bad boys loose. And they'll seek the gas. Yeah, and they'll start feeding them. You say, there's a gas problem. If you're looking for some way to have your players be introduced into this. See, now we've got like the ecological niche and now we've got the industrial niche. Well, also with the industrial niche, you could have have, uh, like a society or even just a single like uh, artificer or engineer who has got a queen and has all these bugs bringing him this gas that he's oh, using to power his inventions. Oh, he's making an like airship. A yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Oh man, that's such a great. So yeah, I think I swamp think... sack airship. Genius. <laughs> it, it would smell terrible. <laughs> and so would he. What a great NPC. That, 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 that is awful. a great NPC. Yeah, fantastic. Um, I very promise useful. It's, it's the swamp sex. It's not me. <laughs> oh, my swamp sex. I have to get them. I'll be right back. <laughs> Need a gas up. Oh. Why? Oh, imagine using it as like a drug too. Like a little baby one. You squeeze, get a little... <laughs> Yeah, all right. I love this guy already. I want him in my next game. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Well, I think we can meet him in the next game. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. We're going a bit crazy. Um, Okay, well, let's head back to Tully. Excellent. So, um, 
I, presumably players are, if it's not doing any active harm, we're not going to try and remove this crown of thorns. I mean, if they did, I'm sure there would be some horrible consequence, but let's not go into that. Oh, or, or less. Shall we not? I mean, if it's not doing them any harm, like there are definitely players that I've played with who are like, yes, heck yes, Crown of Thorns looks cool. Please. Mm. I Yeah, I think most of my players probably would. Um, or I, mean, I would say probably play like characters that I play would be like, no, I don't like it. <laughs> why is it on my head? Why is it on oh, my head? Why? No. Um, so I guess that's, that's one thing that you have to deal with is what happens if they try to get it off. Look, if they try to get it off, that's probably the smart move. <laughs> and a, a, a couple of good saving throws would probably help in that endeavour, I'd say. I, I would let a character so with that much it, foresight off the hook. So is it just the... They, they dance, you got the crown of thorns, end of interaction, and then you're just dealing with the crown of thorns... Um, onwards, or is this is this uh-huh. in one night, or is this an ongoing thing? So this is this begins to be ongoing as as this crown of thorns grows. These wisps, for the for the lack of a better term, begin to nest in the crown. I see. Yes. Okay. Um, that's pretty cool. That's a cool. Who did that? <laughs> Was it me? <laughs> It didn't pick up, so we're all referring to something that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Someone's phone went off. Um, I think maybe giving them a small passive benefit is a way to kind of encourage them. Just like say, okay, so this crown gives you plus one to your p- perception. Yeah, uh, uh, like yeah, adva- like a partial dark vision or advantage on wisdom saving throws yeah. or whatever, what have you. Can can you follow up? Like by researching into this crown, or is it like a completely new event that no one knows anything about? Has it happened before? I would say something like this. There would be some local myths if they happen to uh, be asking around. I don't think it's something that people know too much about or is well documented, but it would be something that has been heard of. So it's kind of, but it is kind of very wilderness based. Mm. It's not a. This is something that's been discovered deep in the wilderness. It's not something that you find laying by the side of the road. And. Is there one for everyone, or is it just one person that gets singled out? Oh, I would be I would be giving it to just one person. <laughs> feel that feel that jealousy. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, is there anything else you want to give us in the in in the in the turn? Yes, yes. So as as this grows, your wisps begin to nest in it, and the longer that it sits, the further it spreads back down the player's neck, potentially encroaching just above their eyes. Um, to the point where it resembles more of a helmet than a crown now. Um, And these wisps seem to be multiplying. There's not just a couple anymore. There's a whole swarm of them. I'll leave it there. I like it. Okay. Leaving me in suspense, man. We do need a name. The Creeping Crown. Okay. Oh, brilliant. Oh, I love that. That's such a great name. (laughs) Better than Swamp Sacks? I think (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I vote for Swamp Sacks. Well, so so we've got the Creeping Crown, we've got the Swamp Sacks, and we have... The Cult of the... Chrysalis. 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 Okay. Got it. Got it. So, well, let's let's just we keep going in that We do a lot of alliteration yeah. on this yeah, show. Like, Fantastic. More than I think we We're consciously so, expect. <laughs> so lucky to listen to us talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, my reveal for the Cult of the Chrysalis. Can't What's wait. with the moon? It's weird. I hate it. So... Over the progressing it's weeks powerful. or days, it's feeling powerful, <laughs> oh, oh, the moon becomes more powerful. You notice that a dark shape seems to be appearing at the bottom of the moon. The cults upping their movements. They're now targeting not only people, 
about animals, everything within range, and they're becoming more erratic and violent. Uh, on a blood moon, uh, when the real moon has... Turns red. Yeah. Um, the black shape at the bottom of the large uh, second moon bursts forth into an enormous uh, creature, uh, an insect-like shape, uh, whose tendrils kind of swarm over its own moon. Uh, its mouth opens and closes, releasing bursts of intense light, which is this collected solar right, energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the cultists, uh, out of their backs, spread, like explode, spread, they spread, explode <laughs> um, insect wings. They take to the sky, and now this is the new... Uh, th that is their objective. Jeez. If this happens, it's up to your players or not, but that is the ultimate evil. And so if this does happen, so what? what is the goal? Is it going to like fly and nest somewhere and be defended by these? I think I think I like the idea of them, of it, uh, whether it's otherworldly or not, it's retaking this valley or um, the larger idea, like you said, if it was continent-wide, would yeah. be to, um, instead of... Uh, being a second moon would be to replace the moon, I believe. It's pretty right. cosmic and strange as if it's floating up as a second moon to absorb it or would be even weirder. And so this creature is actually going to be like a, a celestial creature that is has an army that ascends down to the the earth? Yes. I, I for one, welcome our new moon overlords. Uh, I can't wait to get but they, I, But I think the weakness to these creatures is the light. They're obsessed with light like moths. Um, so they'll head towards light? Yes, in the same way. That's why I, 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 I was... Uh, Jack, I believe mm. you were t telling me the other day that um, there's a belief that moths fly due to the moonlight on their backs. They know. Yeah, they yeah. There's one. Of, we don't actually know why moths are uh, attracted to light, but one of the premier theories is that uh, it's a form of navigation. Moths like to keep light over their like left or right shoulders because uh, they navigate by moonlight. Right. So when another light kind of interrupts that they go oh hang on let me readjust and that's why they're constantly circling lights all ah. the time that's one of the theories yeah so in incorporating that yes the idea of these cults these insects being obsessed with the moonlight and the ultimate goal of course is to become the moonlight awesome yeah that's, that's really good that's really interesting hook mm. all right let's go back to the swamp sacks uh, oh God. <laughs> uh so how can your players come across this business? I, I really like the, the, the industrial angle that Darcy uh, gave us. I think it's going to be really, really cool to, um, to have uh, you know, this eccentric, crazed, lunatic scientist who's using these things to uh, you know, power machines and make all sorts of random gadgets. And maybe there's, like, there's a union of like, uh, you know, woodcutters and they're like, oh, he's taking all our business. What are we going to do? They hire the party. They're like, you got to shut this guy's operation down. Uh, maybe the party can, you know, they, they get to see the operation from, from bottom to top. You know, yeah, they, they yeah. go into the bogs. They see all the creatures <laughs> and how they work. It's kind of like a really weird form of um, uh, like some reality TV show. I think that'd be really fun. Um, yeah, yeah. And worst jobs with Tony Robinson. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. good. How great would that be? Yeah, we're looking at uh, swamp sacks. This guy's making in inventions out of swamp sacks. <laughs> I kind of, I, I, if we want to go the other way and have the guy, the the engineer, the artificer, be like a, a good NPC or, or a, 
uh, a quest giver. Yeah. I think if he has this kind of hive and it's under control, but a new queen was birthed and got out of control oh, before yeah, yeah. before he knew about it, and so there's another it's somewhere, and he's like, "No, you got to go kill it. They're going to wreck this place if yeah, they if, yeah, they, yeah. if <laughs> they start reproducing." <laughs> it's a it's a battle of the uh, it's like an invasive species, yeah. and, and the idea oh. of you having to go in as like this uh, this foreign entity into a hive to destroy the hive, yeah. and of course with an explosive exit due Hell to the yeah. nature of oh, the hive. That's that's dramatic storytelling, guys. Is uh, I think is interesting. Yeah. You, you make a physical map, right? You make a proper, you know, yeah. grid. You've got everything. But the whole thing's made of matches. And just whenever you cast a fire spell, set fire to part of it. Great <laughs> for a pyromancer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Flint Step? <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. So I think that's a really interesting... You can go kind of either way. Mm. Like, it's, it's a really interesting tool to play with. Um, the, the, the ecology. We do come back to ecology... A lot on this podcast, really, and, and when getting druids either as the good guys or the bad guys, um, but yeah, I think that's a really interesting thing. Like if if this this engineer has kind of flown in on his airship <laughs> and settled down and kind of been like a, a trade hub for a couple of months, and then he's yeah. like, "Hey guys, don't tell anyone, but I had a baby queen get away the other <laughs> yeah. day, Could and be really I feel like it's going to destroy this continent if you don't kill it." I also love the idea of him flying away if things go wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> well, also, the next town over. also, yeah, when when you don't succeed immediately, he's like, "Oh," and then the next day he's just flying. Away. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Lovely to meet you all. See you next time. And then the next encounter to see him in a new town. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, let's head over to Tully with the Crown of Thorns. I want to know. Oh, the Creeping Crown. Excellent. Well, just as a reminder, um, I'm creating an ability. Mm. Now, um, for those of you who are a bit squeamish, uh, maybe, maybe don't listen to this bit. I'm going to go stand in the corner. Okay. See you, Jack. (laughs) Um, So... We've got this this creeping crown that has become more of a helmet that has started to encompass uh, this person's, you know, figure. No, I need that. <laughs> yeah, you probably do need that. Um, and what starts to happen is the the wearer or the host the host's um, vision becomes to be impaired as this starts to uh, to creep over the eyes. And what they'll notice is that. As, as this happens, they suddenly gain control of these wisps. Not only that, but they can see through the wisps. Ah. And at the cost of their own sight, they can then send out these wisps as, as a swarm to see elsewhere. Interesting. And you're, so you're also giving them like 360 vision. Yes. Um, and also like far sight and... and yeah, uh, blind, some vision. sort of blind sight. Yeah, well, not, not blind sight, but like dark well, sight, dark vision, far sight. Maybe immunity to being blinded. Yeah. Immunity to being blinded. True sight. That's yeah. that's the thing I was look, looking for. This magical sight that they can send out, but it also does reveal something because it is this glowing swarm. Yeah, um, you're so going to lose your stealth checks. Exactly. So the ability to project your sight out, but also not be able to see where you are physically. Also, it's a magical item. So one, you know, uh, negate magic spell and you're just blind. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Or or if it's a living creature. Well, yeah. So it's just kind of bonded to you. Like a familiar. I would rule this more like something like a familiar. Yeah. Um, A little bit more like a dragon's breath. It's It's a natural magical ability, not so much a spell or magical effect. Okay. Or 
you can send them out and just play your life like uh, like a, a third, third person. person. Just have yeah. them hover beh- behind shooter. over your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that's a really, really interesting way. But yeah, I think once you do it once, you're going to have other players looking for more wisps so that they, <laughs> yes. they can do it as well. Does that mean we need more flaws with this item? No, I, I think if, if they are just rare, but I think that the price that you pay to get it, like so maybe there is a significant amount of time where you just have to be blind. blind. Mm. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I would say that it would be a an issue where you've got to blind them or the, the, the longer you wear it and the more you use it, the more it encompasses you and the less, like maybe a penalty to your dexterity or, well, your social encounters will suddenly go through the floor. I mean, it would yeah. definitely do a negative to your charisma. Is, um, it, is, it, is it turning you into something more? Do you become an Ent? Do you become, or is this... What, well, these, this are, these are different avenues, I guess, to take. Black Crown of Thorns, I would... I would say that this is maybe paving the way to creating what we see in the card. Um, oh. So you become that creature. What a nightmare. I mean, I after was, uh, I would say <laughs> after a couple of hundred years, yeah. you would get to that. <laughs> I was I was thinking uh, it would be it would That's be cool. a really cool kind of uh, antagonist to be like a group of uh, you know. Imagine if the, the all of the adventuring party found one of these, mm. and they kind of now all have this power. And imagining uh, sorry, imagine just being. You know, maybe some NPC or someone else in the world, and you're confronted with an an adventuring party, and they've all got this like this glow, this glowing yeah. swarm above. Yeah, their like how up. how intimidating. It's terrifying. <laughs> I mean, you you can't see their faces at yeah. this They're point. Covered They're covered with, in yeah. these black thorns. That's, it's like the the. I, I'd say, as far as a boon goes, as far as a, a bane goes, it would be a. Massive dip to charisma. Like, How about speaking as well. Yeah, true. That's they're that's wearing true. they're wearing helmets, I guess. But you know, yeah, it's still you know your voice is gonna be muffled and distant. Yeah, and yeah it could it could even be like the thorns start growing into your into Ooh. your throat. Oh, disgusting. Oh. Okay, yeah. the further we get into this, the further it gets into body horror, and I love it, <laughs> and I want to explore this. Uh, honestly, I think it's a really good thing to like give your big bad, mm. and have your players experience. All the na- all, all, all the bonuses that it gives from a being fought perspective, and then one of them mm. gets attacked by these wisps yeah. and starts developing the same power. Um, yeah, I think that's really interesting. Okay, actually, I just I, I just had a thought. If all of your characters do end up taking something like this, potentially it grants you sight. It grants you that shared sight, mm. but. Uh, your cool. big bad would also share that sight. Mm. Uh. And if, if you like connect all of the party members together, you summon Exodia and you win. And you win D and D. Win D and D. We've always been looking for the way, and now we found it. So thank you very much for joining in. We had the Creeping, Creeping Crown. Crown. Uh Cult of the Chrysalis. Cult yes. of the Chrysalis. Yeah, yeah. And Swamp Sacks. Swamp Sacks. Swamp Church. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Get so, your swamp sack. <laughs> if you want to use any of those in your game please feel free to and let us know how you go uh, we are produced as always under a creative commons attribution non-commercial no derivatives 4.0 international license which means that you're free to share and redistribute the material in any medium or format if you give appropriate credit and don't use it the material to for commercial purposes and don't remix transform or build upon it in any way without giving us credit that's it thank yeah, you very much that's all. Uh, thank you very much once again, Jack, for joining us. Thank you. Always a lot of fun. 
And Darcy. I have the power. And Tully. I have the podcast. It's Dungeon Deep Dive. Uh, Check us out every Wednesday for a new uh, exploration into an element of your fantasy worlds. And I've been Zane C. Weber. As usual, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week. Until then, keep playing games, everyone. Bye. 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 So what mountain were the stones in the walls of this specific monastery mined from exactly? Wait, can my character take a dump? What's the governmental structure of every town in this entire Which magic using class is like the most attractive? How do these people know how to make tunnels under their town when all they do is farm Why does the genie always me? refuse to make people fall in love with me? Like, if who hurt Poison him? rules are the same for every player race. Does that mean they all have can the same digestive system? Can my character have a pet? System? Ooh, can that pet have a pet pet? Are your players asking too many questions? Do you really know how your world works? Don't you wish there was a podcast that made this whole thing easier? Come on over to Dungeon Deep Dive, your favourite fantasy world-building podcast. Whether it's tabletop RPGs or creative writing, we do the research so you don't have to. Find us on your podcatcher of choice or on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram on at Dungeon Deep Dive. Quick question. What were you doing at exactly this time yesterday? If you were applying for a business loan from Linked Finance, you'd already have an answer by now. If you're getting back in business, we can help you access fast, no-hassle finance with credit decisions within 24 hours. It only takes two minutes to apply online with an answer within 24 hours. Cut through the banking bureaucracy with Linked Finance. Just search Linked Finance today. We're open for business.